0: From check-in to the meal service, how do you keep people happy when you've got some of the longest flights in the world? This week on Leaders of Travel,
1: I speak to the man at Qantas who's in charge of every passenger's experience. Where it drives um, choice and delivers value to customers is something that we will invest in, but delivering choice and control if you use technology doesn't always have to drive cost at all. All right, folks, speed are clear for take
0: Hello and welcome to Leaders of Travel. In this podcast series, I try to get you the answers to why things are the way they are in the travel industry by going direct to the people who make those decisions. My name is Michael Turtle and I run the travel blog Time Travel Turtle. If you're interested, you can find all the old episodes on the site or on iTunes. This week, I'm going to be talking about a company quite close to my heart, and that's Qantas. As an Australian, I've used the airline a lot, and I can say, I think without prejudice, that it's one of the best in the world. There's been quite a lot of innovation there recently as well to try to make the experience better for passengers. And that's really important when you think about the fact that Qantas has one of the busiest short-haul routes in the world between Sydney and Melbourne, and it also has some of the longest routes that exist. Uh, Because of Australia's location, there are a lot of long flights, like the 17 hours direct between Sydney and Dallas, (laughs) or the Melbourne to London trip, for instance, which is about 23 hours long, although there's obviously a stop in Dubai on the way. So there are all sorts of little things to consider when you're an airline like Qantas. Uh, The check-in process, the lounges, the seats, the meals, uh, the differences between the classes, the differences between aircraft and lots more. To find out some of the details about the thinking behind the scenes at Qantas, I'll be talking today to Phil Caps, who is the Head of Customer Product and Service Development. Let's see what he's got in store for passengers like us. All
1: passengers in heavy trouble should be through
0: the door marked A3 at this time. Phil, thanks for joining the show this week. It's a pleasure. Now, you are... All things Qantas, I'm going to say for the sake of this. You know, the ins and outs of the company, flying, planes, everything. But I want to start just by
1: asking you, what do you like about flying? What's your favourite thing about jumping on a plane? Uh, I always love to go to a new destination, somewhere I've not been before. Uh, Always great to experience new culture, different types of food, uh, just different ways of living, I suppose. That's one of the big benefits of working for an airline.
0: I suppose that's actually a really interesting point, because people get on a plane to go somewhere. Mm. Uh, yet you have to look at the whole experience because they are stuck on a plane for an hour, four hours, 24 hours like I will be tomorrow. So how do you look at, the, at balancing the fact that people just want to get somewhere and that they want
1: to do it in comfort? I think we take into account the fact that as far as we're concerned... Uh It's not just about the destination. We're a means to the end. So it's our role to make sure that every interaction we have with customers throughout their entire journey is one that delivers value to them. And that can be quite different on a short journey between, say, Sydney and Canberra, for example, or an ultra-long-haul journey like Sydney to Dallas. And so we have to be very sophisticated in how we listen to customers and design an experience around the very different natures of flights, um, destinations, networks, aircraft types, and so on.
0: Great. You've just listed all the things I want to ask you about, so that's convenient. But before we jump into them, your title is the Head of Customer Product and Service Development. So just so people understand, can you explain what you do here at Qantas?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's really looking at everything that a customer experiences during their time of their journey. So more related to the physical journey as such from the big, from the point of, of check-in. Um, and selecting a seat and getting ready for the flight uh, through to baggage acceptance, how they go through security, the lounge environment uh, and the lounge offering, uh, getting onto the aircraft and then the cabin interior itself, uh, what sort of entertainment product uh, platform that we use, uh, the food and beverage offering that we provide, um, the service offering and service style um, and then to a large extent the arrival experience as well. So what uh are... Customers looking for, do you think, if you can sort of narrow it down,
0: what's what's the thing they're after?
1: It's probably four key things that all of our customers tell us, regardless of whether they're flying on a very short flight or a long flight, or or irrespective of where they're travelling. One of those is personalised service. So we can spend a lot of money on product, and we'll continue to do that. But the thing that differentiates us, we feel, from other carriers is our service. So part of that is around our brand. Part of that's around the unique Australian personality. Uh, But uh, delivering exceptional service, we think, is something that makes customers choose us um, again and again. Um, So we like to be genuine, we like to be inventive, um, and we like to use a lot of experience to make sure customers feel that we have a high level of care. So, personalized service really important. Network and frequency is another really important part of the journey. Um, either flying on our own aircraft or using the, the partners that we have, be it um, you know Emirates or American Airlines or or some of our Asian partners as well. When you put all of that together, it's a very uh, robust offering of destinations and schedules that we can offer and that's something that's really important for us not just for our business purpose customers but also for our leisure customers as well they like that choice of where to fly Um, during their journey choice and control is something else that everyone needs i think that the experience of flying itself is one where as humans we feel that we're losing a little bit of control there's a lot of things that happen that we don't experience every day even if we're frequent frequent travelers so ways that we can then return choice back to customers whether it's just i want to eat in the lounge or on board or i'd like to go to sleep now or i'd like to change my seat from an aisle to a window anytime we can do that we're putting choice back in the hands of customers and control is also something that's important for customers to have and it might even be when We've had a weather event, and a flight hasn't been able to take off when we wanted it to. Um, offering customers choice on other alternative options uh, to get to where they want to be is, is really important as well. And then, uh, sorry.
0: sorry, sorry to interrupt. But I mean, on, on some of those things you're mentioning, I think uh, are really interesting because if you know, if I'm a customer and I wanted to be able to choose the things I want, if I wanted some control, if I wanted to go to the lounge first rather than eat on board, so on, so on. There's a there's a cost factor in that as well. I suppose I want to ask you so how you can deliver these things when it's not necessarily budget-wise or budget-sensible to, to do some of those things, but that's what people want.
1: Yeah, good question. I think not all of that drives cost. In fact, if you can use technology to understand customers' needs and let them tell us earlier on what they're after, then we can build those needs straight into the operation so we don't have to sort of double count for everything we can make sure that we tailor the journey just for those customers so where it's important enough we will always invest in it where it drives um, choice and delivers value to customers it's something that we will invest in but delivering choice and control if you use technology doesn't always have to drive cost at all in fact in some cases you can deliver a a better cost outcome but have a substantially improved customer experience.
0: Yeah I mean having nice flight attendants doesn't cost anything that makes a real difference and I know what you I know what you meant when you said it earlier you get on a Qantas flight and I still think oh I'm going to Australia now (laughs) I was on on one the other day and I hope this isn't a bad story but the flight attendant came up and she's like oh, I haven't flown on this plane before. I don't know where the plates are. Hang on, hang on, I'll be back in a second. I'll go find them. And for me as an Australian, I'm like, oh, that's really cute. I like that. I hope you do as well. I haven't got someone in trouble, have I?
1: No, uh, not at all. Uh, you know, we, we love it when our, all of our frontline uh, employees actually show a true sense of what it is to be Australian. And as long as they're demonstrating real care, as long as they're delivering customers exactly what they want, and as long as they're doing that in a professional manner, we love that personality to, to shine through. That That's what makes us Qantas. Uh, But we'll always continue to invest in training and service training for for our people as well. Uh, We know that when we invest a lot in service training, all of our advocacy and satisfaction scores show quite marked improvement. So we'll continue to do that for sure. And um, I guess
0: you mentioned it then before, the difference between the classes, because, I mean, this is what a lot of airlines are built on, actually having a a top-level business class that maybe attracts the higher paying customers, but then having a leisure class, economy class that is still popular and gets people to holiday. So how do you, when you're looking at the whole product and the whole experience, compare the two? Do you sort of think of particular people almost, you know, like Jan's going on
1: holiday to Bali and Bill's on a trip to New York? or How do you do it? Yeah, absolutely. We we have a look at different, I guess, customer uh, personas or, or personalities um, and we build around that. We We know a lot of information around our customers things that they want to share with us Um, you know we have a great database of frequent flyers and we reach out even just in the domestic front we reach out to about 30,000 customers per month to understand their advocacy and satisfaction so you know we build this rich understanding of what drives value for customers um, what they need from us uh, what they want what differentiates and that's how we design an experience so we do it for sure, using our um, experience and our accumulated just knowledge, but we also now in, uh, invest a lot of money and time in in, in the data and actually and building a more scientific or robust understanding of what customers want and need.
0: So, what are the big differences, would you say, there are between economy and business? On, on let's let's say a flight to London that goes via Dubai. That's a great
1: example because I'm on it tomorrow. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I guess a key thing is the, the physical environment that you're in is different. So in economy, you're sitting in a, in a reclining seat. Um, so we do everything we can to make sure that seat is as comfortable as possible. Uh, we work with ergonomists uh, to help shape the cushioning, for example, or the bolstering that might sit around the base of your spine. You know, we build a footnet into the back of our, the seat in front so it can actually cradle your legs. Um, but obviously, the, the physical seat structure will be different in economy. Versus um, business class, where we have a, a fully flat bed. Um, the entertainment experience it might look slightly different in terms of the equipment, but actually the content is similar across both of the cabins. Um, meals are another area where we differ slightly. Just the the physical space that we have in economy is less than what we have in in business. So we're able we have more flexibility in business to uh, you know mix and match uh, meals to a customer's needs, or you know do more plating or meal preparation and cooking on board. Uh, But when we're trying to move away from some of those traditional constraints, so last year, for example, we um, introduced or completed the rollout of a new economy service where we removed trays from our long haul international product, which meant we could increase the meal size by about 50% from where it was before. Um, give more of a table setting experience rather than a traditional sort of plastic enclosed uh, economy meal experience.
0: You still need to get rid of the um, person next to me and their elbows (laughs) to to make it really comfortable though.
1: (laughs) That's right but what we do pride ourselves on is maximising our seat width on the aircraft to try and provide as much lateral separation as we can because we know that a sense of space is one of... um, lateral separation, so across the aircraft, and also introducing things like, uh, you know, the wings on our seats are generous pillows that give a little bit of visual separation as well. Um, So yeah, absolutely, the the meal service is a little bit different. We offer a different lounge experience to to the different cabins as well, depending on where you're flying. uh, so we have international business lounges that will be available for some of our African flyers, but also those customers travelling in business. We have first lounges, we have premium lounges. So the lounge experience will also be a little bit nuanced, depending on the cabin that you fly. But some of those traditional, I guess, um, uh, you know, indicators of cabin and class are being broken down and reshaped a little bit. Each class stands on its own and has a very defined product experience and service experience. Uh, But where you don't need that differentiation, uh, we're we're removing that and and offering more to our customers who are travelling in economy and premium economy than we would have ever before.
0: Is the idea that people travel in economy on a long-haul flight on a holiday, say, and they, they see the business class passengers going up the other end or up the top on an A380, they're going into the lounge and the economy passengers think, next time, next time that'll be me, I'll do
1: that. I'm sure there's a sense of that, even if I travel myself, there's always <laughs> a sense of aspiration, I suppose. Uh, you know, a great offering that Qantas has is our frequent flyer program. We think it's one of the strongest programs in the world. So, um, you know, customers might purchase an economy fare, but user points upgrade so that it means they get a chance to or an opportunity to try um, a different cabin uh, when they fly. Um, again, some customers might travel economy for leisure purposes and business or first for uh, for corporate purposes. Um, so I think it would be a mistake for us to assume an economy cluster, a customer is an economy customer always, and a business customer is always a business customer. They will change depending on their purpose of travel, uh, but certainly we you know we, we we accept that there will be a degree of aspiration there, and anything we can do to get customers to to buy business fares, we will absolutely do. <laughs> and you've,
0: there are different experiences even across the aircraft, which you also mentioned briefly then, and. Uh, I and mean, I think a great example to look at is the difference between, say, the A380, which are, everyone knows, these huge, amazing, beautiful machines that um, mainly go towards Europe and North America. Is that right with Qantas?
1: Ah, oh, that's exactly right. Yeah.
0: And the um, the A330s are probably the other ones. And I know, um, particularly business class, you've you've done a refit of a lot of these already, and you're rolling out the other ones. But um, but also just the the experience, even in economy, like how how do you look um, at it from from your role, I suppose, to create. Maybe a fluid experience between the different planes for people who fly
1: regularly, but still work within the different, um, different sort yeah, of requirements. Yeah. I guess our aim is to have a consistent and aligned experience to the extent the aircraft type will allow us to do that. Um, That means we're always going to be in a state of flux because we use a reconfiguration program, such as on the A330s, or a new fleet acquisition, such as with the 787-9s, to set new benchmarks of experience. Uh, You know, we did that when we launched the A380 and we went to a fully flatbed in business, for example. Um, That set a new benchmark and then that became what we used when we started to reconfigure the A330 fleet. Um, that will also be the benchmark that we use for future business suites so that'll be there as a minimum it absolutely takes time to transition such a large fleet across those new benchmarks but what we continue to try and do is make sure that we use any opportunity we can to align you know substantial or step change improvements um, in in our cabins across the different fleet types Hmm.
0: now i i'm always sort of when i'm sitting in a Sitting on a plane, sitting in the seat, which I unfortunately do a lot. Maybe fortunately, but um, (laughs) I do it a lot. I always sort of wonder what goes on back in the galley or what's going on sort of in the secret room that I know some of the planes have. Um... I mean, what, is, what are some of the secrets that you can tell me about what it takes to, say, get a meal done so quickly up in the air or, you know, how they turn things around so quickly? Where the staff disappear to on those 16-hour flights? What's going on on the plane? They're
1: spending a lot of time making sure your experience is as good as possible. So, uh, uh, you know, the tricks are we try and be as sophisticated and, and, and smart as we can in the way we stow product on board. So the the more we can have uh, equipment and food prepared for cabin crew on the ground, the quicker they'll be able to get that food in front of you in the air. Uh, But we don't just try and prepare everything before the flight in the premium cabins, for example, business and first class, uh, we're loading increasing levels of raw and fresh ingredients on the aircraft, and the crew will actually be preparing those on board. So we blanch our greens, for example, in um, in our premium cabins now to make sure that when they get in front of you on a plate, they look fresh and vibrant. They don't look flat and brown. Um, We're one of the only airlines in the world that actually plates and cooks on board um, in, in many cabins. Uh, but but uh, doing that, we know, gives customers, particularly in an environment where there's low levels of humidity and your taste buds might be a little bit dulled from, from the, uh, the dryness of the air, we want to give customers a most realistic Neil Perry restaurant experience on the, um, on the aircraft as we can. So we try to be a little bit smarter about how we load and pack stuff and what we can prepare on the aircraft versus what we prepare on the ground to make sure that uh, things are you know, as, as good as they can be on, um, on the aircraft. Uh, so yeah, lots of smart stowage of equipment using uh, simple lightweight equipment, um, being yeah sophisticated in how we pack um, and 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 focusing on fresh produce in the air, I think are some of the tricks that we use.
0: What innovations do you think we're seeing in the airline industry at the moment? One's are specific specific to Qantas, but also just generally, because, I mean, there are other airlines doing other things. (laughs) What what, what are the
1: trends we're seeing now in 2016 and heading into the future, do you think? For us, it's around, I think, using technology to deliver speed and ease. Um, So the other key things we talked about before remain true, but speed and ease is also something that's incredibly important to a traveller. And the more frequent you are, the more you value speed and ease in your whole journey. Um, so an example of where we use technology to deliver speed ease will be with auto check-in. So last year we introduced um, a, a process where particularly for, for domestic travellers, uh, rather than making them or asking them to go to a Qantas mobile site um, or an app to go through a check-in process, we actually invite them to complete their check-in Um, and receive a boarding pass in just three clicks. And we'll do that in a couple of hours before they fly. Um, In that process, we can offer them to change a seat or to to change their flight if they want. But if they don't want to do that, we take the philosophy now that we'll do the work for our customers and we'll let them just have the choice and control and and speed and ease um, and and take one additional task out of their day because that's our job is to take care of them through the entire journey. you know, technology in, in, on the ground is important. Uh, it's no secret that we're continuing to look at options for onboard Wi-Fi as well. Um, we'll keep looking until we find the, you know, a high-performing product uh, and something that we can offer consistently around the world. Um, but that's something that many airlines are, are focusing on now because we believe a lot of customers want to remain connected throughout their entire lives. And traditionally, the aircraft experience has been one of blackout or when other carriers have offered internet on board, it's been of a a level of performance that's below what a customer would expect on the ground. Um, So that's another example of technology. I think we also um, have an app called the Red App, which we give to our frontline employees, where it provides them with a lot of smart customer information that they can then use on board the aircraft or uh, in lounges to, um, to personalise the journey for customers, to recognise them whether it's been a birthday or um, to help them if they've had a particularly tight connection. So any of those ways that we can use technology back of house to deliver a more seamless experience to customers front of house are, are things that we'll continue to focus on. So you basically
0: just study up in the air with George Clooney and then replicate it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's one source of insight, that's for sure. But actually, when you look at that movie, a lot of the themes that he's talking about are consistent with every traveller. I think probably that, that movie was successful because everyone thought, oh yeah, I do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've probably gone through everything that you brought up at the start, which is what I said I would do. <laughs> so maybe to finish, I mean, can you, as someone who designs this product right from from the taxi rank to the taxi rank, can you tell me what a Qantas experience will be like in five years. What will it be compared
1: to now? Any any sort of predictions? Uh, look, I think the industry is changing so much for me to put anything down in concrete, but I think the experience will be simpler in five years than it is today. Um, we will continue to use technology to remove tasks from customers and have them done for them before they fly. Uh, We'll continue to work with regulators to adjust and evolve uh, regulatory processes that customers need to go through. Um, We'll continue to make the physical journey, the aircraft experience more comfortable Um, We'll continue to probably to blur the lines between a lounge experience on the ground and the onboard experience as well and that's important because a lot of our flying is long haul and a lot of long haul flying is at night so we want to make sure that customers are the ones who have that control so between the the ground and the air so we'll see probably more blurring there. but one thing won't change is our investment in the service and the training and the people. Um, as I said before, we'll, the, the product and the technology are a means to an end. The thing that makes people remember Qantas is the Qantas people, so we'll continue to invest in them.
0: Cool. Okay, well, really interesting. So thanks so much for your time today, Phil. I really appreciate
1: it. Great. Absolute pleasure talking to you. <laughs> Phil
0: Capps there, the head of customer product and service development at Qantas. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you've got any questions or comments, you can drop me a line on social media or on the blog. Remember, the name is timetravelturtle.com. Also, I would love it if you could jump into iTunes and leave a review there, or you can subscribe to get updates when all the new episodes come out. For now though, my name is Michael Turtle from the travel blog, Time Travel Turtle and you've been listening to Leaders of Travel.